0: Praise be to the Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance kept in heaven for you. An inheritance that will not spoil, will not not, uh, fade, but it's kept in heaven for you who are shielded by the power of God. Those are the great words that the Apostle Peter opens up his letter to, his first letter. And we get to read those this morning. It says that we have a living hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is a radical claim. We have a living hope. Not a hope that is dying, but a living hope. Olympic athlete Jamie Anderson was a superstar at snowboarding. And in 2014, she took the first gold medal in women's snowboarding in Sochi. And then four years later in Pyeongchang, she took a second gold medal in women's snowboarding. Well, this past February, she came. She was ex- the expected winner. Three, three races left. She fell twice and placed ninth. She had hoped for that third gold medal. But she placed knife, didn't even make it on the stand. We all wonder, how does, a, how does an Olympic athlete do that? How do they practice and, and work constantly, 24-7 it seems, for a hope that only one or two people are going to get? Dashed dreams. Hopes that are never met. Dreams never fulfilled. We all have our stories on them, don't we? We all have our stories about disappointments in our lives, or maybe we're even holding on for a a dream, holding on for a hope that we have, but as time goes on, it fades. It's fading. We can feel it diminishing. Well, this passage that we're looking at today screams out to you and me, to all believers, that we have a guaranteed 100% living hope, a hope that is ever-increasing. It's not a dead hope, it's not a hope that diminishes, it's ever-growing, it's ever-encouraging, and ever-motivating. And this hope is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and that's what we are celebrating today. People, there is an empty tomb because Jesus rose from the dead. This resurrection, this is what sets Christianity apart from all religions. In fact, it's what makes Christianity not a religion but a relationship instead. You see, all other religions are based on a dead God or a dead prophet. But Christianity has a living Jesus a living savior, a God who has risen from the dead and he is living and because he lives, we have a living hope. That hope is based in the past event of an empty grave, a risen savior. Jesus died once and never had to die again. He rose from the dead and he never had to die again. A few weeks ago, we studied about Lazarus. We looked at Lazarus. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and conquered death for him, but Lazarus had to face death again and others as well who had been resurrected at that point. But Jesus alone was raised from the dead. He raised himself from the dead by his own power and the power of God and he never had to die again. He is living, and because he lives, we have a living, a living hope. The tomb was empty, and we know that the tomb was empty because of eyewitnesses. There are eyewitnesses for the tomb. Mary and the other ladies were the first ones there. We saw that this morning. They ran to the tomb, and they find it's empty. They run to the disciples. They told the disciples about it. Peter and John race to the tomb and see it's empty. So we have eyewitnesses of the empty tomb. We know the tomb is empty because of the enemies who were scrambling, the enemies of Jesus who were scrambling to prove that he didn't raise from the dead. They didn't know what to do about it. The soldiers came to the religious leaders and said, the tomb's empty, what do we do? Well, they devised a plan. They bribed the soldiers and they said, start spreading the rumor around, the rumor around that that." You were asleep and while you were asleep, the disciples came and scraped away the wax cord, the cord and the wax that was around the, the, uh, the, the stone and then rolled the stone away. Do you believe for a minute that guards could have slept through that commotion? That was nonsense. It was ridiculous. We know the tomb was empty because the enemy scrambled to hide the truth. We know the tomb was empty because Jesus appeared in physical form to his disciples and to 500 other people. As the disciples spread the news about their risen Savior, there were 500 people in Jerusalem who had also seen that same risen Savior and affirmed what they preached. Nobody could deny it, there were so many witnesses. In Acts chapter one it says, he, Jesus, presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, it says. Being seen by them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So we know there was an empty grave because Jesus was alive and, and he appeared to over 500 people. And finally, we know there was an empty grave because the apostles were killed for it. They were killed for it. They were martyrs. Now, you and I can be martyrs. We see martyrs in our day. We, we see uh, Islamic martyrs, people who will die for what they believe. And you and I can die for what we believe. Somebody could come up to me, hold a gunpoint to my head and say, deny Jesus or die. I have a choice. I have the choice. I can say, all right, I'll deny Jesus, and I'll live. Or I have the choice, I could say, no, I won't deny Jesus. I believe that he is Savior, and then I would be killed. But for the apostles, it was different. This wasn't about what they believed. It was about what they saw. When they they were threatened with their lives, they couldn't say, no, I don't believe that. They couldn't say, no, I didn't see it, because they did see it. No, I don't want to die, but no, I saw him. I don't want to die. I I saw the risen Savior. I know he's alive. I can't deny it. Let me put it this way. We'll kind of reverse that. Do you think for a minute that if this was a hoax, that all 12 of the disciples and many other people who witnessed Jesus being alive would have been killed for it if they had made up the whole thing? I don't think so. So we know there was an empty tomb. The empty tomb has been proven. The disciples couldn't deny it. They spoke with Jesus. They ate with him. They touched him. They felt his wounds. They saw him ascend to heaven. They could not back down from what they saw because it wasn't just what they believed. It was what they saw. Proof of the empty tomb. And the empty tomb is what gives the cross its power. Without the empty tomb, Christ would have failed what he came to do. He came to save sinners. And if he had died on the cross and was buried and stayed there, his work would have failed. He couldn't have done it. And the empty tomb, without the empty tomb, Christianity would have been a flop. Historians can't explain the existence of the church 2,000 years later. Why on earth is it here? Why is the church still here? This thing should have flopped long ago but it's because of a risen savior that the church exists. You see, Jesus, Jesus overpowered death and was able to come out of that tomb. Death had a grip on him, but it couldn't hold him. It couldn't hold him. Jesus was too strong for the power of death. The cross cries out the compelling message of salvation that you and I are sinners, that our sin deserved condemnation, and that Jesus came to identify with every single one of us in our sin. And in identifying with us, he said, I do not want them to bear the condemnation, I will take their condemnation in their place. Do you believe it, you have a savior? Jesus has taken your condemnation and by that condemnation, he went to the cross and he died. He was taken down and put in a grave, but the grave could not contain him. And it's the fact that that grave is empty that the cross has an impact on our lives. If Jesus were still dead, the message of the cross would be useless. Billy Graham says this He says, The cross represents doom for sin, but hope for sinners the cross by itself condemns. If the tomb still had his body in it, the cross could only condemn us. But instead, because our Savior lives, the cross cannot condemn us. The cross is our salvation because on it he conquered death. We have a living hope. Believer, that is a reality for each one of us. Our hope is alive. Resurrection proves that sin was adequately dealt with on the cross. That's why Jesus rose. So we see that this hope that we have, this living hope, was based on a past event, the event of a risen Savior, the empty tomb. But it's a present hope this living hope is present with us. Because Jesus is alive, our hope is alive. Because Jesus is living and breathing and active and constantly working, our living hope is exactly that. It's alive in us, it's always working. Second Corinthians, Paul, chapter, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul says, we are all being transformed presently, being transformed into his image, with ever increasing glory. That's a living hope. He goes on to say in the book of Romans, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It is a present living hope. We now stand in grace and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The resurrection of Jesus set into motion a present hope in our lives that we cannot deny. He sent his Holy Spirit, and now because of his Holy Spirit being in us, we live in grace. We stand in the grace of God. Right now, we, believers, those who have put their trust in Christ, those who have received Jesus as their Savior, stand in grace. This is resurrection grace. And it's this resurrection grace that is our living hope. What it means for us right now is that you and I live in forgiveness rather than condemnation. It means that right now, you and I can say no to sin. And we we have been freed from the compulsion to sin. Resurrection grace, this living hope, means that the attraction of sin is diminishing in our lives. It means that we can live with a purpose for the good works that God has planned for us. It means that we can live in obedience to Jesus, living the beautiful life that he has planned for us, a life filled with grace. It means that we have increasing hope, increasing hope as we face trials and tribulations. Resurrection grace gives us an increasing hope, we can live by the power of the Holy Spirit who is in us because he rose from the dead, ascended to heaven and sent his power and his Holy Spirit to live in us. It means we can have daily renewal of mercy and it means that we have peace with God which we could never have without the cross and Jesus' resurrection from the dead. The Apostle Paul says, just as sin reigned in death, which is our former way of life, reigning in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's a right now reality for you and me. Jesus' resurrection was not just a past event. It means that he is alive in us day day by day, by day, in the daily grind. As we face our trials, as we face difficulties, as we face joys, His Holy Spirit is with us, increasing our hope. Grace is reigning and ruling in our lives and it gives us hope for life. You know, when I think about my life without this living hope, I am I'm shocked by how bleak how bleak my life would be. I'd be living for myself only. I would be number 1. I'd be number 1 for me. I would be my own god. My family would suffer. Relationships in my family would be broken because of the wounds that I would inflict living for me alone. I would be be entangled in a web of of sin, dark and hidden sin. And why not? Because what hope is there? Life is futile without hope. So why not live for whatever I want to live for? What else is there to live for? Life would be hopeless. But we have a living Savior Jesus Christ who gives us a living hope and this is how the empty cross and the empty grave impacts us. Believer. This should compel you to live in joyful life, to live a new life, energized by this hope, growing in the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, being healed from the sin and the dark past that, that still wants to try to get you, but you're in the process of healing from that, drinking of the water of life of Jesus Christ and pouring it out on others. That's hope, that's purpose. That gives gives meaning to life. Without that, life is totally meaningless. So we see that our living hope is based in the past, a one-time past event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's active and living now currently, but it also gives us a future, a future hope, a future assurance of things to come. It's a solid promise for us to hang on to. Let me remind you of that verse again. It said, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance, that's the future, an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who are shielded by faith in God. So this inheritance that's waiting for you is not a worldly inheritance. It's not money, it's not worldly goods. That would be no value to us in eternity. No, instead this is a a heavenly currency. I wanna just read a list of verses to you that talk about the promises that come to us who believe and trust in Jesus Christ. Our living hope means that you and I will face future glory. Paul says the suffering of this present time is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Not worth comparing to the glory. We have a future glory. Our living hope means we have future freedom from sadness and pain. John says he will wipe away every tear from your eyes. Can you imagine what that would be like? No more tears, no more crying, No more pain. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, because the former things have passed. Our living hope means we have future fellowship with Christ. In the book of Colossians, Paul says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We will be with Jesus Christ in glory. We'll be in fellowship with him never apart, ever again, always with the Lord. Our living hope means that we will be saved from a future wrath. There is a future wrath coming upon this earth and you and I are saved from that. Paul reminds us, he says, having now been justified by his blood, that would be his blood on the cross, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Because of the blood shed on the cross, that wrath will not come to those who have applied that blood to their lives and taken on the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And our living hope means that there is a future resurrection for us. We will be raised. He will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. I don't know about you, I want a new body. Anybody else want a new body? I want a new body. He will transform our lowly bodies that it may conform to his glorious body. We will be like Jesus. According to the working that he is able to subdue all things to himself. Do you get that? The grave is empty. That means he has proven that he has the power to subdue all things, including death, which means that he will one day call the name of every believer and we will be raised to new life in Christ, receive a new body, new soul, new spirit, we will be with him forever. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You know, in our congregation uh, just this week, uh, we had a picture of resurrection. Alana Murray, uh, many of you know Alana Murray suffered something, we don't know, but she was found unconscious for no reason. The tests have shown nothing as far as I know. But she is awakening and the Lord is working in her life. And I, I hadn't thought of it, but I when, when, went home from visiting with her. Denise said, you know, it's just, it's a picture of this weekend, isn't it? A picture of resurrection. It's just a good reminder to continue to pray for Alana. And uh, I actually uh, just thankful for the love that they that you have shown to the murray family believers we are blessed we are blessed to have a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead the book of hebrews calls this living hope calls it our anchor for the soul steadfast and secure anybody here need something steadfast and secure an anchor i need an anchor I need an anchor in my life, and that anchor is the living hope that comes to us because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Based on the substantiated truth of the empty grave, present in my life, once I was dead, but now I am living, my spirit is alive because of Christ and his work in me, and a future hope a hope that will not disappoint. It's not fading. It's not like what Jamie Anderson faced or what you and I face for many of us for our lives. Our hope fades as we go. But for those who have trusted in Christ, who believe in him, our hope is unfading. It is ever growing, ever increasing because we know Jesus Christ has raised himself from the dead and will raise us from the dead. He is risen Okay, now listen up, we will be risen. We will be risen indeed. That's the truth, isn't it? We will be risen indeed, absolutely, we will be. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we are hopeless, our faith is futile, and life is without purpose. And maybe today, maybe you're here, and you're thinking through this and thinking, you know, I feel like my life has no purpose. I I do feel like things are futile in my life. You don't have to stay there. You see, Jesus' death on the cross is hope for sinners. It's hope for every one of us. Every one of us, we're in the same place, bound by our sin, strangled by the grip of death. But because Jesus conquered death for himself, he now has the authority to offer to you and me life take life, take eternal life, take abundant life, take real life. Only Jesus can offer that and he has the authority to offer it to every one of us here today and to everyone in this world. Jesus offers life. If you haven't received that life, do it. Today's the day. What a great day to receive Jesus as your savior. The day we celebrate his resurrection from the dead because you too will experience new life from the dead when you trust in Jesus. His conquest of death pours out onto all of us that we too may live eternally with him. We will be raised with him, we will be like him because he is risen. That's your cue, let's do that again. He is risen. risen. We will be risen. Amen.